Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if... What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing, environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality. They make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org slash wonders We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best The American Technion Society World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you Hey listeners, it's Mishi. Last week we released our 50th wartime diary. This week is Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmaut. And as a way of marking this milestone, and these dates, Yochai Meital and I will have a series of onstage conversations in New York and Cleveland. We'll discuss the process of creating wartime diaries, talk about some of the challenges we've encountered, the dilemmas we've had, the insights we've gained, So if you want to hear what covering the evolving story of this war has been like for us, we'd love to see you at one of our events. All the details are on our site, israelstory.org. And meanwhile, wishing us all calm and peaceful days ahead. Hey listeners, it's Mishi. So, as you know, during these incredibly difficult days, we're trying to bring you voices we're hearing among and around us. These aren't stories, they're just quick conversations, or postcards really, that try to capture slivers of life right now. We're obviously not the only ones doing this kind of work. Go to our website israelstory.org for a list of other projects collecting wartime stories and testimonies. You know, this war has forced many people who thought their identity and political sensibilities were set in stone to reevaluate things. And that's especially hard because there isn't that much space for complexity and nuance in these raw moments of shock and pain. Today, however, we'll hear from someone whose opinions are complicated, aren't the norm. And that might be challenging for some, or reassuring for others. In any event, here's our producer, Adina Kalpuch, with more Maisel. So, can you start by introducing yourself? Sure. My name is Mor Maisel. I'm 37 years old. I um, was born in Tel Aviv, but grew up in Canada, and currently live in Efrat, in the West Bank. I grew up in a home that um, is Islamophobic, homophobic. Uh, very afraid of the unknown. 
very afraid of the other. And that kind of mindset in a very homogenous bubble of everybody thinking the same thing turns into hatred. Uh, when I moved to Israel, I was 18 years old. I had finished high school. And one of the things my mother told me is, be careful of the Arabs, they have blue eyes. Which means they'll, they'll buy you with flowers and with nice words and with, you know. And to me, it wasn't even relevant because I wasn't even like thinking about Arabs in that way. We don't, I only thought about them anytime there was a war. That narrative, um, it lasted and it made sense until it didn't make sense anymore. Through talking to residents of East Jerusalem, finding out everything there is to know that I didn't get a chance or that I wasn't told. I went through like a paradigm shift. People think I went from one extreme to another extreme. And maybe in a way I did. Today it's harder for me to relate to the Israeli flag. As someone who used to be right-wing and a right-wing activist and go out and paint caravans on hilltops in settlements. Now I'm a volunteer in a group called uh, Yerushalmit Meduberet. Palestinian women and Jewish women get together to learn each other's languages. I am currently director of the political group, the elephant in the room, it's called. I um, kind of came out of the closet politically. So so you mentioned these two different sides of you and, and kind of your shift from one to the other. Tell me how that's been playing out right now. People can understand how I can come to understand the other side if we're talking right now about actual current events. They say that I'm betraying my side. And my Facebook turned into a, a war zone of people that I didn't expect. My own family, my own extended family. I got feedback like, you're the black sheep in the family and you need to go to Gaza, Gaza. And I think they just created a bandwagon and they all jumped on it. So cousins and aunts, aunts who, who loved me and fed me tadig every Shabbat when I'd come over. They're Persian, they're from Iran. Um, all these people turned on me. And uh, my aunt even sent me in private. She, you know that there was one of the peace activist women. She was kidnapped by Hamas. She sent me a picture of that and she said, soon by you. And that's extreme. That's extreme. Tell me a little bit about what last Saturday was like for you. Last Saturday was the weirdest day that could ever exist because we had planned a trip from Friday. Me and some friends from Elazaria. Uh, Which we, is a Palestinian village. It is a Palestinian village, correct. And we planned a trip up north right next to the Jordanian border. There's like a hot springs there. We went up there and then we slept over in the Kinneret uh, next to Tiberias. And uh, you wake up in the morning to videos of Hamas infiltrating Israel, which looks like it came out of a movie. You just don't believe that your like safety could be so compromised here in Israel. And here I am enjoying my day with like Palestinian friends um, let's just say I felt like a traitor I don't think it was a, a correct feeling but I think it's hard not to feel that way um, 
I don't think I made sense of anything. I saw quite a few videos. I saw the massacre in Berry or the people shot by the bus stops. Just people in their flowery dresses. Like one woman was wearing like a green dress with yellow flowers. Like she didn't deserve to die. Nobody did. But um, I saw the pictures and I was like, guys, put everything away. Like, we're not dealing with this right now. We're in Tveria. We're by the Kineret. We're just going to enjoy our day. And one of the people with us is a Bedouin who uh, is also a soldier in the army, which which is amazing, the group of friends that we have, which is really diverse. Seeing, like, Palestinians from the West Bank talking and being friends with, like, a Bedouin who's a soldier in the IDF. It's, it's huge. To me, this is huge. Um, so the fact that we're all friends is quite miraculous. And he kept getting notices, notifications about sirens, and his phone kept ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing. I was like, guys, just put it all away. We'll deal with whatever mess this is when we get home. And that's what we did. And we just spent the whole day in the sun and the water, and it was like having the best time in that... I mean, you could see it, you know, the beach and the blue skies, and there was not a siren in sight or in sound. And we felt, we just felt like it, it wasn't touching us. A blessing today to think back on that moment of sanity that we had. When we came back, we came back through Jericho. Everything changes. You go from this sunny day to this darkness, Jericho is completely closed. We stopped at Waja, which is also like a Palestinian city. And we sat down to eat. And every car that passed by, I just expected it to be like someone with a Kalachnikov. Whether it's Jews or Arabs, at this point, people were taking revenge on each other. Like the fear in your heart, it's gripping. But I've learned to take fear and just to alchemize it into like action that opposes fear, which means just sitting, just sitting and doing, accepting your faith, whatever it may be. And then we went home. Uh, what does it mean to go home? We went to Azariah. They were afraid to cross into Jerusalem. Your friends. My friends to drop me off. And they said, you know, go into Maladumim, wait for a bus. If there's no buses, then we'll figure out a way to get you home. The streets were empty. There were soldiers coming out trying to catch like hitchhikes to the bases because they all called in for reservist duty and I couldn't get home. I called my place of work. I work in a hotel in Jerusalem and asked them if there's like even a dirty room I can sleep in just so I can get somewhere. And they said, come, come. And I've been living in the hotel ever since. <laughs> it's been like a week and a half. I don't want to go back to Efrat. Well, and as this war has progressed, have you been able to um, keep those bonds with uh, the Palestinian friends you, you hung out with on October 7th? Has, has anything changed? Those bonds have only deepened. It's all the Palestinians that came and asked me, how am I doing? How's my family? Many of my friends who are Jewish, who were in these coexistence groups with me, have blocked me, have said things like one of the girls in the WhatsApp group that we we run. She came back into the group just to say, I hope your wives and children are murdered and raped the way you did to us, and then left the group. 
So a lot of the people who were like trying to become more moderate in their way of thinking just went back to their natural safe place of like us or them. And I can understand that. It's not okay what she said, but I can understand everybody needs their like blankie, their their teddy bear, something to make them feel safe. And sometimes I wish I had that. Sometimes I wish I can go back to that life where, oh yeah, if we carpet bomb Gaza, everything will be fine again. But I don't have that luxury or that privilege. I know too many people who have family in Gaza. There's not a one-size-fits-all message right now. I think the I don't even think we want to hear it right now, and that's okay. We just need to settle in our pain for now and support each other, even if it means each side supporting their own, until we feel safe again. So today I have to just make space for, for everybody. And one heart can't do that. But if there's something that I think that I was given as a gift by God naturally, it's that place where I can like be the calm voice for other people when everything else is going to shit. And that's what it feels like right now. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that it's not painful to lose my family. But, um, but I know that I can do that for other people. Thank you so much, Mo. I really appreciate it. אנחנו שנינו מאותו הכפר, אותה קומה, אותה בלורית שיער, אותו חיתוך, דיבור, מה יש לומר? כן, אנחנו מאותו הכפר. אנחנו שנינו מאותו הכפר, שדה ירוק חצינו עד צבא. בערב שבנו יחד לכיכר, כי אנחנו מאותו הכפר. ובלילות שישי, שרו החרישי, וצמרות שחורות עובר, אז אני אותך זוכר. תמיד בפרדסים ובשדרות, אהבנו את אותן הנערות, אבל תמיד אמרנו אין דבר, זה הכל נשאר בתוך הכפר. ברחנו אל אותם המקומות, לחמנו בשלוש המלחמות. זחלנו על חוצים ועל דרדר, אבל שבנו יחד אל הכפר. ובלילות שישי, שרוח הרישי, בצמרות שחורות עובר, אז אני אותך זוכר. אני זוכר בקרב שלא נגמר, פתאום ראיתי איך אתה נשבר, 
Companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim. Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.